0: the move. Blasted towards goal. Cenk got it there. Cenk first goal in AFL footy. It looks brilliant. Wingard spinning move was superb. How could that time to look over his shoulder? Jack Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant.
1: The Bronwyn by hand. More, more. A game with the highest of highs and lowest of lows, where Hawks footy was shown for most of the contest, and some of our worst crept in and robbed us of an amazing victory. Welcome to the Hawthorne Fancast, I'm James, and as always, joined by Matt, and it was the lowest of lows in the end of what was a pretty positive day at the footy.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely devastating. I don't think I've been to many more games more heartbreaking than that one. Oh, my hand was, uh, my head was in my scarf by the end of the game, but walked away from the ground feeling somewhat really proud and a little bit surprised of how well we actually competed against a team we've historically struggled against.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've been our bogey team. In previous years, our last win coming against them in round three, 2020. I just felt it was a game where we probably showed for three quarters our best footy for the year. It looked to be one of uh, our season's famous victories, um, one that we would have reflected on nicely at the end of the season and then a quarter of hell. Reminiscent to a few seasons ago, we did a similar thing against the Bulldogs and a performance like that ended up costing us a final series um, this
0: year was probably the year to do it but it hurt regardless that's a good call it's quite a dead rubber in the context of the season um but of course conceding 36 points pretty much in a row coming down from a 30 point three-quarter time lead, is never really acceptable regardless of your experience it is good it happened with little significance in terms of our overall outcome of the season but i'm still very positive about the result in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the dust has settled a little bit. We're recording here on Monday. Um, we're at the ground, and it was one of my most exciting days of the footy. In quite some time, because it seemed for me like an energy in the stadium, a shifting of the guard, like we're the up-and-coming team now, Richmond are sort of, they're falling away. Massive
1: Hawthorne crowd for a Richmond game as well. The
0: atmosphere was fantastic, and even the excitement we played with, Sam Mitchell's game style, I think he's getting everyone up and about, regardless of our win-loss column, we're playing some really worth uh, watch-worthy football right now, and we were attacking so potently, it's just disappointing that our level of consistency is so poor. I'll tell you this. I would
1: rather lose like that now than lose like that when we're contending for finals. I feel like we will never lose like that again with it this cold. current group. Yeah. Uh, Sam Mitchell noted in his press conference that we actually haven't done any scenario training uh, this season. Obviously, we're working on some fundamentals and new game plan and, and whatnot with the young list that we're not at that stage where we need to be doing scenario uh based training because we're losing games by 50 points most weeks when we do lose um that we haven't really had we we, yes we've had some close losses this year but none that would demand scenario training but i'm sure this week they'd go over it and 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 might start doing that
0: yeah maybe a little bit that's the next echelon of our football club but i think he made a really good point about our need to get into games and my first positive out of the game really was the fact that we were 30 points up at three-quarter time, it's not very often this Hawthorne team have a substantial lead going to the end of the game where yep. you're actually in a good position. Usually we either Quite a chasing. goal down, a goal up or whatever, regardless of, you know, maybe if we play North or West goes a little bit different. But against other, every other team, it's always sort of on the line. This was a game where we were pretty much in a, we're going to win it position. It's good to be in. I know we bottled it and the choke is definitely not taken away from the context, but... If we can continue to play football that puts teams away, not all teams will come back with a Richmond crowd behind us. We will actually ice these games off, even if we have a a poor last quarter. So what went wrong?
1: We had chances to win. We had a Bruce shot uh, at the start of the last quarter, which he went on his opposite foot, a snap about 30 metres out, nicked the post. And he gets that. You're 36 points up. The game's pretty much done. I think we just needed one goal for the game to win that. We had Brockman's chip kick pretty late. Yeah. There was a forward streaming in the inside 50 that he could have gone to and he, he turns it over with a sideways kick. We had the Sicily descent late in the third quarter. Uh, which resulted in a goal on the siren for Richmond to cut that 36-point margin to 30 at three-quarter time. Again, a 36-margin going into the last quarter is very different from a 30. We had a day's punch at the end, which I'm sure everyone's going to refer to just because it happened so late in the game. And then we had a 50 against Sam Frost um, when Ivan Soldo was kicking from a goal directly in front, which Ivan Soldo isn't the best kick of the footy that given how Richmond were missing so many easy shots all day, that could have been a telling moment too. So we can go through all these moments, but do you pick out a moment or do you just pick out the way we played in that last quarter compared to the way we were playing in the first three?
0: Yeah, there's it's a good, really good conversation topic right now. During the time of the game, you know, I was very harsh on the Bruce miss, mainly because Bruce is my man, and I thought that was just a little bit lax to go on your weak foot snap. Was it arrogance? Yeah, possibly. I, I don't know if he just thought it was, you know, a, a shot that he could make. I mean, let's be honest, he missed it by the back of the post. Anyway, Edge had to catch it up to, you know, really yeah. confirm it. So, yeah, he misses in the closest way possible. I just feel like if you miss that on a drop punt, we give you some, you know, we don't, we're don't, we not so hard on you because it's, it's not a low percentage shot, but you, you snap on your weak foot. It's like, why? Because realistically, he nails that shot. We've won the game. And obviously now you look back on it, that one point loss, we would have won the game if he had kicked it. Um, there's a lot of moments in isolation. You mentioned Brockman's sort of kick and all those little mistakes. You know, Frost could have held it in the end of the game. That'll come. I think I look at the big bigger picture a bit more and where was the writing on the wall earlier on the game? And that was our defense was quite leaky constantly. How
1: many chip, sh- uh, how many ch- uh, chip kicks did they nail inside 50? how many open plays did they get inside their 50s and how many opportunities did they have to score? We saw Kotchan miss two absolute sitters that he would kicked nine times out of 10. We saw a few misses even in the last quarter for them when they were coming. So they let us off a lot as well. I I really liked in the first three quarters our ability to respond and score and put the foot down enough Uh, without putting the foot down too much. I feel like we could have had an extra one or two goal lead more than what we had, which would have buried the game. Um, But I was confident coming into the last quarter based off every time Richmond scored one or two goals back we would respond with our own and, and even extend on the lead that we already had, uh, which was positive. So I thought that if Richmond were to come in the last quarter, we'd keep playing Hawks footy like we had for three quarters and, and find goals. And unfortunately, we weren't able to do
0: that. Yeah, I'm not really sure why things went poorly in the last quarter where it was lack of legs. It looked like we sort of retreated our game style were to we a really to defensive save the game. Yeah. That's right, really defensive game style that went sort of against the Hawthorne Ways regionally, which actually has worked for us. But. I'll refer more to the whole game in a context, which is why I think we actually lost it. And that was that we conceded 24 to 10 inside 50 marks. As you mentioned before, Richmond have a really good ability to find free men inside their own attacking 50. But 24 marks, that's usually a stat that always indicates the winning team. Mm -hmm. Also, they were going at 57% inside 50. Now... Way too high. I'll make this as more of a a bigger point in the context of Hawthorne as a whole. Yeah. If we can't fix our defense... We're going to struggle in a lot of these sort of games. We're always going to let teams in the game, is what I probably should say. Yeah. Because As doesn't it matter depends, what it lead good doesn't matter what lead you yeah. have, you're going to concede. In least we somehow managed to lock in our forward half, which we do did do, do throughout sections of the game. I didn't think we did it particularly well. We're going to struggle, and we're going to be able to give up these big leads because the defense wins premierships. And at the end of the day, our defense right now has been really leaky this year. Even when our forward line was firing, it still wasn't enough, which is disappointing. Absolutely. I think we'll go
1: into our 3-2-1s. And speaking of defense, um, one guy almost saved the game for us, and I'm sure we both have him at at number three, and that's James Sisley. I think he had 10 intercept marks, which is, uh, I think, a record in the AFL for the most intercept marks in the game, which is unbelievable. He was taking some slip catches. He was really getting us out of jail pretty much the whole game, and it really showed in the last quarter that if we were to win, we'd be really thanking James Sisley and what he's done he he's missed four games through suspension this year but he's an absolute lock for all Australian based on the the great footy he's been able to produce and, and in such big moments as well yes we didn't get over the line but he pretty much won the game by himself when no one really wanted to stand up in the last quarter he certainly did
0: yeah and i think that's why i mainly gave him the three votes so i think there was probably better plays in the first three quarters but yep. when the game was on the line at the end and they kicked the first few goals of the quarter and we sort of held a 10 minute period where we didn't let them concede anymore yeah sorry we didn't concede any more goals and sicily was pivotal during those moments i think he took like five contested marks right in front of us and we were like wow imagine what would happen if this guy wasn't here absolutely and that is the kind of leadership that we need for more players to come when we're under siege then it wasn't. He didn't have a lot of friends in that last quarter. That was my main issue with the Hawks. Is we just seemed to run out of petrol tickets or experience or whatever it was, but he was one of the few players that looked like he might actually save the game for us.
1: Absolutely. Number two, I went with James Warple. Now, I could have yep. gone with uh, with Newcomb. I thought he was extremely good um, in the middle, but based off last week when I was saying that Warple took the absolute piss, he took the piss again, and it's his ability this year to find space and be composed and, and the warple of old that we came to know was a guy that used to get the ball and hack it and was scared of getting tackled and was always under pressure with his disposal and his disposal is still not great but he's finding time and space to be able to distribute the ball and there were so many times on the weekend where he had it in the center circle and he was just bit able to waltz out or give a quick one-two and then use it quite nicely as well at times as well, kicked a beautiful goal early to really start the day strong for us, and he finished it pretty well too. He wasn't a midfielder that I felt really dropped out of the contest. Um, he was pretty good for most of the day. In the last two weeks, he's really pa- playing for a contract now, and it, yeah. it showed. The last two weeks is probably the best I've actually ever seen him play, and and it, better than his uh, PCM winning year. Like the level of footy he has shown me in the last two weeks. And then you, you brought a question to me last week on the pod, Or do, do, you, do you want to keep him? Would you get rid of him? And it was really hard to say get rid of him after a game like that. But he keeps proving each week from now that he's deserving of another contract. Like he's playing, he's playing all Australian level of footy at the moment. He's not going to get it this year. He's been consistent for us, but probably not an all Australian level for most of the year. The last two weeks especially have been all Australian level performances.
0: And I think that's all he really needs to do for the rest of the year is is not create this debate we're having, is solve our minds up, right? If he keeps this form up, there's no argument you can make for why you would trade him. At least, obviously, it fit the team's needs more than the individual player. But right now, he's playing some of the best footy I've seen from James Walpole. I've been pleasantly surprised by him a lot this year. You know, last couple of years, I was very hard on him not being able to crack into the team. I thought he fell back a lot. I wasn't sure about his ceiling and his ability yeah. to really perform for us, but Watch him in the weekend burst out of stoppages, really take the game on. He seems like a very confident player. He barely gets caught with the ball, which really ha- um, I'm really happy with. He finds his way on the scoreboard, kicked a monster goal from around 58 meters right in front of us at one point. Yeah, he he had a really workman's like performance, and I I did give it to Newcomb, but I, and I'm not going to talk too much about him because I think they had similar games anyway. They, they were just did. workmen inside. Newcomb had his long handles, releasing people into the corridor. Um, both of them played exceptional footy, and I actually had Newcomb slash Warple here, but I just gave him the Newcomb maybe for the sake of debate, but also because I thought that he was just a little bit more maybe workmanlike. But honestly, both players had just fantastic games,
1: and it kind of sucked because I feel like they didn't have many mates in the midfield either. I feel like no. Nash and Day were a little bit off compared to previous weeks and their yeah. season performance. I feel like Warp and Newcomb in particular carried our midfield. For the whole day.
0: Yeah, and I think the on that point, the great thing about having such a good midfield this year is we're not reliant on too many... We don't need everyone to perform. So, yeah, Day and Nash took a bit of a backseat and Newcomb and Walpole pretty much carried our midfield and we dominated the Richmond midfield with those two players. And you compare what we had to go against in the, their Richmond midfield, such as Taranto, which is a pick three or whatever, um, Dusty and all these other players. In that their, 14 premiership players playing in That's it. right. You just put it puts things in perspective quite well, and what's Warpole's like a pick forty eight and Newcomb's uh, r- mid season pick, yeah. So that's quite incredible. So, yeah, I had Newcomb at pick two. Uh, sorry, the two votes there. Well,
1: you you slashed both Warpole and Newcomb for your two. So I'm slashing both my ones. I, I did give one to Newcomb, but I also had to give Chad some love. And the only reason he, I, I think, at three quarter time, I even turned to you and said, if the game was to finish now, Wingard's Best on ground. Easy. In and the he did drop away a lot in the last half and, and last quarter he didn't even get a touch, which gives him the one vote. But he was extraordinary in finding ways to get us to score and set us up attacking. Kick three himself, hit the post as well. Um, and every time he got near it, they built a few fumbles. Uh, it just seemed magic would happen for us.
0: Yeah, the only real stat that matters to me with Wingard is the score involvements column. Yeah. And he had nine, which is our most for our whole team, and I think the most for the game as well.
1: Well, I remember he set up, uh, he had the opportunity to run all the way, kick a goal, but he kicked it out in front of Finn McGuinness, who soccered through an an amazing goal early on, and he just looked lively from the first quarter, and Chad's a confidence player, so if he starts well, he probably finishes well. And in this case, he didn't finish well, but he definitely got us going for the day, and he helped us kind of gain that momentum from the outset. And it was a game of momentum, as as we came to know, uh, with the finish as well not going our way but I feel like most of our momentum was caused by what Chad was able to do
0: and I think we've noticed when he's come back in the team how much more potent our forward line look because he offers us something different he's got that X-factor mercurial talent about him that a lot of our players don't have so he creates goals out of nothing they obviously he kicked that soccer goal which was you know <laughs> yeah. incredible but it's just little tap-ons little kicks it's getting on the end of chains it's his good disposal usage even though he's quite low on disposal efficiency He's just been very involved these last couple of games and I've been really happy with that. I don't really look at his goals column. I look at his goal assists and the nine score involvements really look, really um, count for me as someone who's getting involved in the forward play. The little tap-ons, a little tackles. I would like him to be a bit, bit better of a defensive forward as well. I, I don't yeah. think he laid one tackle inside fifty on the weekend, which was disappointing because that was one area I thought the Hawks were lacking in, especially a couple of times where Richmond looked really trapped in our forward line and they managed to get out. So we definitely need to work on that game a bit but yeah, yeah, Wingard definitely deserves, and he was my one vote. Yeah, well, he's one player that gives us some sort of X factor that no one
1: in our team can really provide outside of maybe Tyler Brockman, who although he kicked two goals, was probably a little bit off his game. There was a few efforts um, that he'd like to have again, um, especially late in the game uh, when we tried to develop some attacks. But but he'll learn, and remember, we've got a we've got a young side. and I think that's still a reasonable excuse, but it's not going to be an excuse. For much longer, the more games we get
0: into these players. Yeah, and it's sliding doors moments for a lot of these players coming into the season. Wingard's one of them who's got to keep performing well and making the use of his senior appearances because we don't really know where he's going to be next year. I would personally like to retain him for next season. I I think the experience helps. I don't think we have anyone really coming through in that small forward role that's particularly dangerous. I think Butler could be serviceable for a few goals a game, but I don't think he offers anything clever no or extra Probably outside of Brockman none of
1: those guys have have that sort of potential but it's interesting you say about Wingard I think there's a few players in our team that are playing for contracts Finn McGuinness being another one yeah I know I think only had eight disposals and although Rioli got off the chain don't feel like he played particularly well got on the score sheet with a goal himself as well um and, and his last few weeks have been extraordinary does it Offer him another contract. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm. I'm yeah. kind of sold, but I still don't know where he fits for the future. He has a. He has a massive task in a couple of weeks on Nick Daycost. You'd assume he plays that and gets that role. But do we do we persist with him? There's DGB who didn't himself no favours on the weekend, playing for a contract and not being able to register a single stat, even a defensive stat. No tackles, no nothing. So that's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah, just the zero column. Pretty incredible. A zero column for DGB, and it was a it was a team that was really crying out for a second forward. Obviously, Mitchell Lewis got off the chain nicely. Um, he's he's probably the other guy I do want to mention. Kicked four goals too.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It a was clunking.
1: Game. Everything Kicking mostly straight. Four goals, two doesn't sound straight, but the ones he missed weren't the easiest shots either. Um and,
0: and he got some absolute bangers
1: as well. He's just an absolute star, but he needs a
0: friend. He does need a friend. That was one of the biggest issues in that last quarter as we didn't have anyone ahead of the ball when he marked out of our half-back line area. Bolter was trying to push him up the ground, clearly. We had nothing down the line. Reeves, once again, offered us absolutely nothing. Yeah, really, we got killed in Mark's overall. I don't have the stat with me. But, um, oh, yeah, 21 to 11 in contested marks. And that shows you how bad we were in the air. I thought Brockman was particularly shocking for me on the weekend. I know he kicked multiple goals, but his lack of intent and energy around the ball at times, regardless of the mistake he made. I mean, I expect that because they're young. It's a couple of times when the ball was kicked in the air and he needed to halve a contest. And his effort just seemed so lacklustre, like attacked the footy. He really disappointed me, Brockman, on the weekend. He'll still play next week. And I don't have him coming out of the team. But I just need to see a little bit more from Brockman. He kicked a couple of goals, and they were nice goals, but he's there as that defensive forward pressure guy that can chase and run, and I need to see a bit more of him because on the weekend, I thought he was very underdone. Well, a guy whose effort was there was Seamus Mitchell,
1: but he was one for me that I felt like every time he got the ball, it just wasn't coming off for him all That's day. Right. He was missing a lot of kicks. He was either overshooting them or just not connecting with them and, and or making a, a poor decision. Um, And I feel like he had good intentions, but he just didn't have a great day. And there was a few times going forward where he was trying to get us something off half-back and it just wasn't working, coughed up chances. And and we we can talk about Richmond missing easy goals, but we certainly shot ourselves in the foot
0: so many times as well. Yeah, that's right. It's just a game of key moments. But you're right, they did let us uh, in a pretty good position and we couldn't put it away. And that's at the end of the day due to the fact that we couldn't find a goal in the last quarter. And we've had a lot of goalless quarters this year, and that's becoming a bit of a worry is when we're down and out, how can we get the ball transition to our forward line, lock it in there for a bit of time so we can find more scores on the board because two points in a quarter foot, is never really going to win you a game. Well, it sounds weird saying this, but
1: I'm glad we lost because we'll learn more from a loss like this than, than if we were to hold on and win. And it's probably a time for a loss like this to come. Just a bit of housekeeping, Reeves out for one week, from the MRO with his uh, sling tackle, which at the time...
0: If we appeal it, can we get more?
1: <laughs> As in, if we appeal it, can Reeves get more weeks on the sideline?
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think there's a few Hawthorne fans wouldn't mind that at all, would they? Yeah, look, that's harsh saying that. I mean, the, the thing is with Reeves right now is I just think it's, you know, let's just say it how it is his form hasn't been good all year he's a liability he should be playing Box Hill outside I mean, of the centre circle he's a liability on potential you still rate him and, you, and I was happy they gave him the contract last year and I, and I still think he'll come good it's just a player who clearly is a bit out of his depth and probably more than anything is just really low and confident this year yeah. but if you're seven foot tall and you can't take more than a mark a game there's something wrong with you well, it's, if a balance, wish- even for balanced perspective right you need someone to fill the pockets when you can't find open men. You need someone to go down the line and just hit them at least half a contest, but try to take some of those marks. McEvoy was great at doing that. If you're only playing Cos, uh, sorry, if you're only playing Mitch Lewis, that's all you've got. Other than Big Noodle, and if Noodle takes his singular mark or most games no marks, it's just not enough.
1: The thing that frustrates me is if I was seven foot tall, I'd have the confidence to be able to go onto any AFL field in Australia and be able to take more than one mark. A game. He's blessed being that tall. Yeah. He has an advantage over everyone. It is a very fair advantage. Yes, it might make him slow and a liability around the ground, but if he's in a position to mark the ball when you're seven foot tall, you don't have many excuses to not being able to take that mark.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I'm sure they're working on it. I'm positive they'd be working on it down at Waverley because his tap work is fantastic and he gives us first uses. And there's no. Surprise that our centre clearance dominance this year has been probably a lot due to the ruck work, but there's a lot more to the game than centre clearances. And when the game has been, you know, on the line, you need someone down the line taking take your mark and noodles not that guy right now. So I expect someone else to come in for him this week, or they have to come in for him. But either way, he, he would have been dropped for me.
1: Well, we're back at Marvel 110 on Sunday, a home game against St. Kilda. Yeah, what a joke that is. Um, we, we already played them at Marvel earlier in the season. Beat them. Haven't been playing too badly at Marvel this year either, so maybe it's a good thing that it's at Marvel. Who knows? Maybe. Um, You're right. Our Marvel home has been pretty good under Mitchell overall. Absolutely. But we are, are playing a St. Tenet in Marvel, so we've probably been shot in the arse with this one. Yep. Um, but but brings back good memories of a, of a nice win that we had not so long ago.
0: Yeah, so springboarded us into that Brisbane win, and yeah, it was a good win. That was, uh, at the time, I was extremely impressed, because, yeah, Saints have gone a lot better than what they are now. Tell you what, we've got them at a good time. They're, they don't look great right now. I mean, we had North Melbourne
1: last week, and, and they had them yesterday, and we probably deserved to kill North Melbourne by about 70 points. Not saying North were... Like, North were obviously a lot better yesterday than what they were against us. Well, they they bottled it against Saints themselves. Absolutely. Um, They obviously obviously came out with some intent off the back of a disappointing showing against us. But for Saints to get close to losing to both North and West Coast in in, in a couple of weeks means that I wouldn't mind playing them at the moment because they're not winning convincingly. I think Brad Hill's going to be out with injury. Max King's already out. Um, so, they're two guys that normally play pretty well against us uh, that are out of the side. I think the only changes from that side is uh, Mikita Owens. Mitch Owens is in, is in and, and Zach Jones, who Zach Jones has shown in the past that he can play some good footy, especially against us.
0: Yeah, that's right. But last time, as you mentioned, I think King was the big denominator because we struggle on those big key forwards and he's not going to be playing. So, I actually think this is one of the few games this year we're going into where there's not a lot of excuses. We actually probably. If we are heading in a good direction, our form's been good. I actually expect us to win this game. Isn't that weird? Saints
1: are current... I don't know if they're currently in... I think they're currently in the eight, the Saints.
0: They are. They're six and or something like that. So,
1: we... It sounds weird, but we almost come into this game as favourites, sitting 16th on the ladder. Realistically, maybe not, but based on form and based of our performances in the last three weeks, despite only winning one of those games, have been really strong. And we're no, we're no easy beats. I think we can show the comp now, even though we've lost some games this year by 50 points, I still don't think we're easy beats, especially playing the way we have in the last three weeks. So we probably do come into
0: this game as equal favourites or just maybe just not favourites. The um, AFL were yeah. not as favourites, but any Hawk supporter out there that's serious about the team, I think, understands that this is a game we can easily win because our form has had a big turnaround since that Gold Coast thumping we had. Or was it Carlton? No, I think Carlton was the last one, wasn't it? Uh, it was Col-
1: oh, yeah, it was Carlton.
0: Yeah. Uh, that 13-point loss against Giants wasn't too bad. Then, obviously, we smashed North and we had a pretty good effort against Richmond on the weekend. So, our form has been very good. The Saints seem like they're just falling over the line to finals right now. they if, if they make it. They're, they're really probably- relying on their big plays. Ross Lyons said it well as well. And I think if we bring the same level of intent we did when, last summer at Marvel, which we had a really good game that, that day we should win this game. I just don't rate Saints' list that much. I think that they're a middle-of-the-road team at best, and they're showing it now. So I'll talk about what we're lacking.
1: And then for me, it's a second tall yeah. forward. Uh, it's We're probably one key defender short as well, and we're probably lacking a good ruck. Uh, currently, the two rucks aren't working, and both of them, when they're getting their chance by themselves, aren't doing much either.
0: Especially a key defender or two. Yeah, We're really lacking. I think another small forward might help as well for some pressure, well, but you're right about it. Another key forward partnering Mitch Lewis. That's you know what? too easy to isolate him.
1: You know what, Matt? I will solve this issue for you and pretty much give us our best team of the season come Sunday. So I, I said we need a second forward and a ruck. And I think one of Ramsden or Ryan come into the side. Okay. And I'm, I'm only saying one of them and they'll come in for, for DGB. Now, I think it makes sense for Meek to come in for Reeves. Yep. And then I'm putting maybe blank for long and then put Scrimmers as the sub.
0: Interesting. So you think Scrimmers should be dropped to the sub?
1: Oh, Scrimmers was okay without being no, he, amazing.
0: I agree he didn't have an amazing game, but there was a lot of defenders, I think, that had average games. I, the, name, I think Weddle was a bit below his colours. Impey was definitely below his colours. So there was a few there. That's interesting, though. That you're the only reason
1: him. I'm saying that maybe blank is that if he's not 100%, which he is because he played for Box Hill, but say he's not 100%, St. Kilda without King means that I think their key forward is Caminiti, and I don't even think Member is playing either. So they've got one tall forward. I, I genuinely don't know who else they're resting down there. That It would probably be enough for Sicily and Frost to take, but remember the last time we played Saints, and they'll be aware of this, that Sicily had probably his best game ever 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 in the history of yeah Rudy. that was an amazing game um, he had a great game so so they'll be quite aware that Sisley we want to free up and they might even go with a tag or something to nullify his impact um, so do we put him blank just to make sure that Sicily can have as much as an impact as, as he wants um, is probably a smart decision even with Saints not having a really tall forward line but then you say this and then it's like well the dangerous guys we have to worry about is a guy like Owens Higgins Butler, Mason Wood, um, Jade Gresham, mm. guys like that that obviously aren't a match-up for, for Sis Frost, Blank. I mean, Frost can play on smalls, but probably not suited. So do we go with a smaller attack, or do we bring Blank in to free up Sicily when he is taking a toll?
0: Yeah, I didn't even have Blank in my team, to be honest with you. I... Did you forget about him? No, no, not at all. I think Blank's been really good, and I think he's our future, but... um maybe because of how Saints are their small forward line I think it was really needed for this game I, I kind of agree so I, I agree that if you take if you're bringing him in you're probably going to take Scrimmers out or someone like that but I don't know Scrimmer's ball use is much better it might be really pertinent against a, a Saints team we pre- tend to set up pretty well most of the time um, Blank's not really much of an attacking defender at all we don't really have a matchup for him if, if King was playing Blank 100% would be in because he's not. I don't really know the need to play him. I actually had Cozzy in instead. Oh, uh, based on
1: his performance last time against the Saints as well, which was pretty strong. Kicked the winning
0: goal. Well, yeah. I mean, he, I don't think he did much else that game. It was more based on his performance at uh, Box Hill on the weekend and he kicked four goals. And I think we, everyone sort of knows that Cozzy's a confidence player. So, him being high on confidence after a four-goal haul, I'd, I'd trust him to sort of come in and make, maybe, maybe make a bit of an impact. And Mitch Lewis... He looks primed to really burst as the premium key forward of the competition. Four goals, two, and, you know, he had Bolter, who was actually extremely good himself, down his throat the whole game. But still to kick four goals, to is, is just an effort. And with the mate who yeah. could take the, another key forward away from the contest, yeah, the partnership worked well against Saints last time as well. I think the, the goal sort of is to take Callum Wilkie. As out of the drop zones as much as you can because he's a, they're sort of only really good interceptors. And remember,
1: they still have Dougal Howard and Josh Battle. As, as but they're sort of
0: more lockdown or, sort of defender types yeah. rather than intercepts. So I, I expect you know Cosley to try and take away Callum Wilkie from the contest, or Mitch Lewis whoever plays on him. And then there's just more one on ones in the forward fifty. So yeah, my changes were Meek because I think Meek just needs more game times into him. And I wouldn't awesome. be opposed if either Ramson or Brandon Ryan came in, but I think you just sort of trust me to maybe come in and be the sole ruckman i don't think you can pick ramson or brandon ryan if Cosie's coming in as well but
1: we'll see what they do and i mean there's long remain sub do you have anyone that you'd uh, like to trial in that position do you bring fergus back to maybe play that
0: i think a sub needs to add something to the game add another dimension add some excitement to the game i think ned long's a player that He's very much a utility, sort of, can do good things in the midfield. They're going to be, keep playing him out of position. I honestly think as he deserved the spot because he's been really good at Box Hill. I just don't know if he's a sub I would want to have. I'd want to have someone different as sub, yeah. personally. I, someone that can add something to the game. I wouldn't mind James Blank as a sub, really. Um, DGB was okay as a sub a couple of weeks ago, even though I don't think he'll, he'll play on the weekend. I wouldn't mind to see someone like... Ken McKenzie back in the team maybe I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks Lockie Bramble could probably play that role really well even though a lot of people aren't keen on him I don't know I think you had to add something to the game someone who can come on and maybe make a bit of an impact I reckon about. Fergus yeah that's actually a really good call I wouldn't mind Fergus so I think it's stiff that he's not playing I mean we were looking for his stats the other day and he's like our third highest goal kicker and well, he's he missed half the season he doesn't
1: play well at Marvel he doesn't yeah
0: um, so depending on that matchup, I do feel bad for Fergus. He got obviously, that injury that rubbed him out. Ramsden was another unlucky person who got rubbed out last time we're at Marvel. He could have played that day. So I'm not really too too harsh on the selections this week. I think you can't really go wrong as long as you you know put a ruck and a forward in there. I think you'll be okay. Is it as simple as to say, let's just do what we did last time against the Saints? Yeah, but they'll adjust, I expect. I can't imagine they play the same way as they did last time because we killed them in the play last time. I think... Similarly, though, the, the, the main thing of the game will be to win at the source because we won contested ball really well last time and they just couldn't get first use on anything. They had to try and rebound against us, which was hard at times because they're a more defensive team. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I expect it if our midfield wins the wins battle, which they, I expect them to because I don't think Saints have it's funny because a midfield this year.
1: I feel like the way we won against Saints was a similar way to how we played on the weekend. I feel like they're really similar games. The only difference is we were pretty inaccurate against the Saints the first time around, that we couldn't really make the most of our opportunities Whether on the weekend. We obviously made the most of our opportunities. We kicked pretty straight, just couldn't get over the line. Um, so, yeah, winning it out of the midfield against the Saints is important. I feel like guys like Steele, Jones, Crouch, they're kind of just slower midfielders that yeah. we can really exploit. Yep. So I, I, I feel like they're for the picking in the midfield. I can't really see their midfield getting over us just with the personnel. And they're they're quality midfielders, no doubt. But they're, they're a good matchup for us in terms of us getting the best out of our midfield.
0: Yeah, I just think on form-wise alone, we should go into this game pretty confident that we can do a job. But it will depends on how we start because Saints can put teams away on a good day and we can obviously, as we've seen this whole season, really falter. So yeah, I'm a bit weird about this game. But I walk into the ground probably thinking we're within a really, really good shot to really take this one out because right now they just... I uh, watched the North and Saints game. They did not look good at all that game.
1: The only other thing is a team that is pushing for finals and needs to hang on to their yeah, finals. Yeah, it means more well, they're to gonna, them. They're going to be coming out, firing. It's just like Richmond. Like They needed that win way more than what we did. On the weekend, they got it. Would have liked to shake up the A a little bit. Wasn't to be. This is another chance to do it. But the Saints will be hungry, based off a few performances in the last few weeks that they wouldn't be happy with.
0: Who do you think is a better team, though, Richmond or St Kilda?
1: At their best, I'm I'm still going with Saints. Just, I think. Yeah, but they've
0: been far from their best for ages now.
1: Richmond probably have the more damaging players. They're more
0: form right now as well. But
1: I feel like Saints system. Is probably a little bit better. Well, I, I know yeah. McWalter's doing excellent stuff at Richmond um, since he's taken over. They're, they're pretty even for mine, and but you know what? I'll, I'll change my answer based on this. I think Richmond can do more damage in finals than what St Kilda can.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think like, I think Ross Line knows that Saints have just sort of falling over the line right now. They make up the numbers if they're in there.
1: Saints are probably the weakest team that will make the eight. They're probably just making up the numbers. Um, if they get into the eight. So I don't extremely rate them. And based on our ability to, to win against them early in the year when we weren't going much top, just, yeah. I think it, it says it all, really.
0: Who will have a big game on the weekend? Chad Wingard. Well, he we just did have him. a good game, didn't he? Yeah, but I want to see, the thing I want to see mainly... Back it up. Which he has been. Is, yeah, he's, he's had probably arguably his best three quarters or half for the club on the weekend. Yeah. Now we go to St. Kilda. Can he play well again? Because he's playing for a contract and small forwards are known for being hot and cold, but the best small forwards like Lukey Bruce still manages to pop for a goal or two every game and be somewhat involved. I expect Chad Wingard to have a good game this week and I think he'll kick in a little bag for himself. He's a very confidence player as well. He'll be hopefully really upbeat about his performance in the weekend, which was so much more energy than I've seen for him, especially in the first half of the season. So Chad Wingard is my player to watch this week.
1: I'm going with a guy that, that actually does seem
0: to like Marvel,
1: all the games he's played there so far. And with no Bradley Hill, I think that Josh Weddle will own the pace at, at Marvel. I feel like he's been really high on confidence the last few weeks, gets the ball, thinks about it for a little bit, and then decides to just take off and use his running ability and just dart across half back and then through the wing and really just backs himself. Um and uses his weapons and I feel like there's no better way for him to show his ability than against Saint Kilda at Marvel, uh, with no recognised winger. Obviously Mason Wood has been a pretty good winger all year for Saints, but but without Bradley Hill and some space on that wing, I feel like Josh Weddle can can really take his game to the next level and, and let's speak about a guy that's come so far in I'm guessing he's played around thirteen games now. Yeah. um and th- just the transformation and, and the improvement we've seen him already compared to his first game, and, and this game has just been enormous. Like, he's getting better every week. If this is game 13, I'd love to see what game 113 is. Like, could potentially be a, an All-Australian or, or something incredible because we're, we're watching this guy evolve, and I feel like he's just going to continue evolve to evolve. So... I'll be interested to see how he goes on the weekend and really think that he can put up a really good game.
0: Likewise. I think last time he played at Marvel, seeing him run down those wings and even through the middle of the ground with such confidence, it's fantastic to see. I think Richmond knew sort of what he was going to do and they they kind of of watched the space in front of him. They sort of held back almost a little bit off him because they know that he can really burn people. I still thought he he was serviceable on the weekend. I just don't think he was anything. It wasn't one of his better games, I'll say that. But yeah, no, good call. I think that's a really good one for it. What's your tip?
1: Well, mate, we're hurting. I feel like the the players, they had 24 hours yesterday to, to get over the loss and they would have been back at the club today or in contact today and, and really been disappointed and really hurt over a game that, that we we should have won. And then Saints will be firing as well, as I said before. They, they're they a team that need to make finals and, and they've had a good year for the most part and they'd want to make it count. But I think we've got fire in the valley. I think that that's a game that we'll really try and and just, yeah, we'll we'll win this game. We'll win this game by 20 points and and we'll make sure when we do have that lead that we don't drop it.
0: I like Um, the confidence. And
1: if we do drop it, then when we're not conceding five plus goals in a row, I I feel like we've done that too many times this year where we're conceding a lot of goals in a row that, that enough's enough. That's certainly something that's going to be going in the tapes this week. It's finally a loss that, we can really be strong about and really rectify the issue. I feel like the, it, it's good that we lost the way we did because it's got to be shown all week and, and we're going to put kind of templates in place and learnings in place that that does not happen again. And I firmly believe that we will not lose like that with the current group again.
0: Yeah, I think there's a sense of belief amongst the supporters but also the players that if we can play that well against a a top eight contender for three quarters and going three-quarter time, 30 points up, there's, I can see the team before my eyes becoming more confident and looking like they're more gelled yeah. and more dangerous, I think, as a club as well. Not, you know, kicking 20 points in a row won't no. help at all. But no. I'm just... I'm really, really bullish that we'll be able to take home the win. I've only said we're going to win by 10 because I think St. Kilda will come out and obviously try and save their season. But I hope the Hawks fans turn up in, in numbers this game. I really do. I think we've we, we, we showed a lot these last few games. And bring it home strong going into next season with some extra draft picks and some extra hopefully maybe a trade or two we're, we're heading the right direction hawkers
1: yeah you talk about belief and and i went back a minute ago and said that Weddell's played 13 games now now there's a few guys in our team that have played between 10 and 20 games now if if these are the performances we're putting up 10-20 games we were we were doing similar things when when Buddy and Lewis and Ruffy were at 20 games where we weren't quite winning games or we might have just been winning games but we we're still a pretty poor side and we're going in that same direction at the moment you can just see the pieces of the puzzle starting to kind of come together and click and get into place that we're, we're just going to get there we, the weekend was really a turning point in, in seeing that if that's Hawks footy, then I love it. And if we can be consistent at playing that way, um, then we're going to be a formidable side for for years to come.
0: Yeah. The next thing for me, I think is to see us crack the hundred point mark. We seem to fall short of that a lot. Even on the weekend, I couldn't believe we didn't get over a hundred points. And I think if we, if Hawthorne get over a hundred points, we'll win the game. So I want to go to the footy and see us score a lot more goals. That's why I enjoyed the game so much on the weekend is because we were such a good scoring. It was just going in there and then Chad was picking it up and, Mitch Lewis taking grabs and it was just great to see us being so getting, potent.
1: We were getting run-ons of goals. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times where we kick two in a row and then the opposition come back with one and then we kick two or three in a row and the opposition come back with another two and it was a time where I think we did have a period where we scored five straight.
0: And, it's like, and and we also conceded five straight I believe earlier in the in the second quarter. I think people forget that we actually did respond to them the first time they went on a big run against yeah. us. The issue is I think we are just out of tickets at the end of the game and we withdrew into our shells where we didn't have that response that we needed. All we needed is one, one, a one-goal settler to sort of break up the game. We couldn't find it.
1: But It's funny because you said that they went on a run of five goals and we had to obviously come back from the margin that they put on us, which was about... I think their biggest margin before that could have been to 10 to 16 points. So yeah, we had to come back yeah. from that, um, which we did really well at doing. So just being able to see us put run on of goals on the weekend was, was something new and something different. And if we can do that and then stop the leakage of goals, then... We're going to win a lot of games of footy.
0: Hashtag stop the leak. That's all we need.
1: Absolutely. So I'm going Hawks by 20. I think we'll be pretty good. And, and I can't wait till Sunday. Me either. Where can you find us, James? You can find us on all social media, that being Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and threads. And anywhere you get your podcast, you can listen to us. And that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, literally anywhere. Type us into Google and, and something will come up and you'll be able to press a play button and, and listen to us talk shit about Hawthorne for, for an hour or so.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate it. I had a look at the numbers the other day. And our, our nice uh, audience seems to be growing every week. The Hawks are jumping on board and we love, um, we love hearing from you guys. So keep in contact with us. Keep engaging with our posts online. We love it. And hopefully we'll see a few of you guys at the game on the weekend. Absolutely. In in the
1: brown and gold, we've seen a lot of brown and gold in the stand and, and the noise of the fans has really picked up as well. That's right. Uh, we're, we're kind of known to be a bit of a quieter club and, and to hear the roar when we get a run on and when the boys come out after halftime and even out before the game is just really good to see. It does so, give you those 06 sort of feels about it, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So we're, we're on to something special and we love coming every week to continue, to continue seeing it. That's
0: great. Um, Well, till next week, James, go with the Hawks. Go Hawks.